0: been painting my roses red? Who's been painting my roses red?
1: Who dares to paint with vulgar paint the royal flower bed? For painting my roses red,
0: someone will lose his head. Hi, I'm Joe
1: and I'm Tiana
0: and this is next door villain
1: a podcast where we uncover the villains to discover their humanity hey everyone hey baddies welcome back to next door villain today I am feeling very whimsical because Alice in Wonderland is such a springtimey film and I love it. And because I'm feeling so whimsical, Joe, I just have one question for you.
0: Yes. Uh, are okay. you ready? Yes, I'm ready.
1: Who are you?
0: Oh, I don't know. That's that's a big question.
1: I know who I am.
0: Uh Oh, I'm J- Joe.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's me, Joe, um, co-host of Next Door Villain Podcast. Yay. And you are?
1: I am a sack of flesh. With a beating heart of love and chaos all swarmed into one and ready to spew out flowers and beautiful anecdotes about the queen because I worship her and I obey her.
0: Okay. Um, all right. So for those of you listening at home, take whatever that was. And-
1: <laughs> Be whimsical. Be whimsical. That's your challenge. That's your homework. To be whimsical. Yes. To be free Um, and to spew out flowers from your nostrils.
0: Yep. In case you're wondering where all this whimsy comes from, uh, we are talking today about the Queen of Hearts from Alice Mm -hmm. in Wonderland. Yes. Is it Alice in Wonderland or Alice? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's Alice in Wonderland. I feel like all my life I've said Alice and Wonderland Mm. and I've been saying it wrong.
1: Well, she is inside. Of the Wonderland realm.
0: Yes, um, so we are talking about the the primarily the 1951 Disney film, right? Yes, that's what we yeah. that's what we decided.
1: Yeah, um, it's mostly OG. More people have seen it. It's actually pretty similar to the book, except for some details.
0: Yeah, everything I've, I I read in my research was that that film is considered the most true to story adaptation. Um, film adaptation of of Alice in Wonderland and it it, it does diverge a little bit from from Lewis Carroll's story Alice in Wonderland but all the main characters are there and and Disney actually borrows from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland and then the sequel Through the Looking Glass so a lot of the characters we see in the Disney film come from one or two of those stories kind of mashed together a little bit but that's kind of okay because this is a story that's a dream that's kind of nonsense
1: yeah that's the beauty of it it's nonsense everything is what it isn't
0: yes which is also why it's going to be a little bit hard to empathize with the queen of hearts because i think a lot of times we rely on logic and backstories to mm-hmm. help explain why a character is the way that they are and in this case we're really by design not given any sort of logic or backstory to follow to figure out the queen. So I I think this will be an interesting one. But before we dive into that, we've got to do that thing we do every week where we try to describe everything about a character in just 30 seconds with no pre-preparation. And afterwards, you can go and vote on Spotify for who you think did a better job, Tiana or I. Whoever the loser of the 30-second inter-challenge this week will have to...
1: Um play a game of (laughs) (laughs) croquet you could reenact the part where the queen accidentally falls over and then her heart underwear is shown (laughs) and her legs are dangling up in the air um hmm. is there like
0: an off with her head thing
1: how about you take your playing cards you set them out on your table and you very dramatically kill them (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right. Um, so the the loser of the thirty second inter challenge today will have to uh, murder a deck of playing cards
1: while their mother cards scream and beg for your mercy.
0: Yep. Um, and then
1: you throw them out and put them in recycling.
0: Yes, recycling is key. Though I actually I don't know if playing cards are recyclable because oh, they do. Shoot. They're. I mean, I'll have to. I'll have to do my research before. But they do have sort of a coating on them. I don't know if that's Mm. recyclable or not.
1: Well, what will happen if they're not recyclable? Will you just repurpose them?
0: (laughs) No, I'll probably throw them away, Um, unfortunately.
1: Yes, it's such a sad... Mm. Yeah.
0: Uh, Okay. All right, right. but but that's neither here nor there. Time for the 30-second intro challenge. Who's going first? I'll go first.
1: Okay. Three, two, one...
0: The Queen of Hearts is the ruler of Wonderland, and she is um, she is a very passionate, um, very emotionally forward ruler. She's uh, really just kind of goes with her gut, and her gut is often that she loses her temper, um, and she actually loves losing her temper. She says that a couple of times that she's excited to lose her temper so that she can uh, make. People's heads fall off by chopping them. (laughs) End.
1: Good. All right.
0: All right. Three, two, one, go.
1: Okay, so the Queen of Hearts, she she sees Alice in Wonderland, and she offers a game of croquet, but then during the croquet game, this Cheshire cat comes out and puts her mallet underneath her skirt, and she swings it, and then the Queen topples over, and her legs are flailing about. Um, And she's very embarrassed, and she loses her temper, and she really wants to chop off Alice's head because she thinks Alice did that. But then they go to trial, and then she gets unbirthday cake, and she feels better, and Alice gets away.
0: Nice. Uh, Better
1: get ready to shred those cards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. So, well, a couple of reasons we're focusing on the 1951 Disney film. Uh, First of all, because neither of us wanted to sit through the modern Johnny Depp version of the film. I don't know. Some people like it. We didn't. And I mean, the other part of that, though, is that there are there's actually two characters who are often confused as the Queen of Hearts. Uh, So there's the Queen of Hearts from the original Alice in Wonderland story. And then there's the Red Queen, who is a character in Through the Looking Glass. And these Mm -hmm. characters sort of get morphed together in the Disney film, the 1951 Disney film. It's it's more of. The queen of hearts and in the 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 johnny depp more recent live action film it's really based specifically on the red queen so that's actually a different character technically than mm-hmm. who we're talking about today the queen yeah. of hearts
1: and a few f- weird facts about alice in wonderland lewis carroll wrote this book for an actual child named alice and the real life alice uh, when she grew up, a prince fell in love with her, but he couldn't marry her because she's a commoner, so she married someone else, and that was sad, and then she grew up and she had three sons, and then two of her sons died in World War II. I don't know, interesting, interesting facts about Alice. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how how do you empathize with the Queen of Hearts?
0: Well... I rewatched Alice in Wonderland this week, and I was struck by how difficult of time I had stayed paying attention to the film. I didn't care for it, uh, and I think the reason is because it's so nonsensical. Alice sort of goes into Wonderland. And she encounters all these different people, but there's no, there's no real arc. She doesn't really connect with any other characters. Everyone in the story is kind of rude to her. And she's she's not really following any sort of storyline. So I I had a hard time following along with the film. But there, there were a couple of things I was struck by. First of all, Alice is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. In a way, I mean, for 1951, this is almost kind of a feminist film. She's this young 11-year-old girl and... I was struck by how she keeps running into these characters that are really rude to her, you know, the Cheshire yeah. Cat and the Mad Hatter. And she kind of like, she stands up to them and she's like, all right, I'm done with your nonsense and I'm moving on now. <laughs> yeah. And even in the in the end when she's on trial with the queen, um, she really like tells the queen off when everyone else is kind of scared to do that. So. Mm-hmm. I I was really impressed by Alice. Yeah. Another interesting thing, just in my research, that I never thought of before is is all the kind of like puberty metaphors throughout the story. The um, and she's an eleven year old girl, so she's getting getting to that age. Um, but there's all the like sudden rapid size changing.
1: Oh the, yeah, the, I didn't catch that.
0: The painting, the white roses, red these are like subtle nods to the challenges of of puberty which is sort of a theme throughout the story that that I that I had never picked up on before i think you could also view the queen of hearts as sort of a metaphor for like you know when you're reaching that age and and this this happens to both men and women that the wide mood changes that you can have and the indulgence Almost sort of the pleasure in indulging in those powerful emotions. I was struck Mm. by the queen when she was like, if I lose my temper, you lose your head. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it was like almost as if like that emotional side of her would like was just going to take over. And she was like, well, if that happens, then you're going to have to lose your head. And that's not my fault. And she was also like giddy about it. She was like, "Ooh, I hope I lose my temper.
1: Yeah. Huh. I didn't even catch that. But now that you bring that up, I can clearly see it because not to be like so TMI, I mean, (laughs) my period and like my puberty was a huge part of my life. And to this day, you know, having a period is a huge, huge, huge part of my life because it affects so many aspects of it. It's true, I have been like the queen, where it's almost that time of the month, or it is that time of the month, and there's just some kind of explosion happening inside you, and you know, in the thick of it, you know you're being irrational, but you just keep being irrational, because <laughs> you just have to erupt. Sometimes you have to erupt for a moment so that you can calm down later, mm-hmm. and it stinks you know, that other people have to be subject uh, to that abuse, but... Sometimes they do piss you off. I can't tell you how many comments I've gotten from random people, like rude comments I've gotten on my period. Oh, so I'm someone who's not very assertive, right? Mm-hmm. But there have been times, especially around that time of the month where someone just tests me. They say something pretty rude and I can't hold it in anymore. And I'm like, you're done.
0: And doesn't it feel good? Yeah. I, uh, I'm i not someone who has a period but mm-hmm. i can kind of relate to that that feeling of letting that strong emotion spill out of you rather than yeah. have to restrain it inside of you is is so nice and and like you said is maybe better for you in the long run if you let it out yeah i mean i mean the the result of like chopping people's heads off is certainly not the way you want to go but i kind of felt like there was sort of a nod in the film, like, a cheekiness to the fact that, like, may, these people probably aren't actually going to get their heads chopped off. Did you get that sense?
1: Um, well, I didn't really know how logistically they would chop the head off of a card. Of the
0: cards. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think their face is, yeah. like, kind of almost embedded into the card. And so I was like, are they just going to get ripped up? But, yeah, it's true. They just kind of dragged them away, mm-hmm. and then they looked remorseful. Maybe yeah. Maybe they just slap them around a little yeah. bit because otherwise they'd all be dead by now.
0: Right. I read something somewhere, but I didn't. I didn't double check it, so don't quote me. But I. I thought that I read that in the book there was sort of an explicit line about how they didn't actually get their heads chopped off. Maybe the king or something like stopped it, <laughs> which which I. <laughs> I think that might be the case. That yeah, they'd send them to get their heads chopped off, and then the king would take them back and be like, oh okay. Uh, (laughs) just don't do it again. (laughs) Yeah. And she'd forget about it.
1: Who she sent, so they just reappear, and she's like, oh, okay, my minions are back.
0: Yeah, Um. (laughs) Um, and and by that time, she doesn't care anymore because she's not in a fit of rage. So, yeah, I got that sense that maybe everyone, like, a little bit understood that there was no head chopping off actually occurring. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good defense of her.
1: Oh, I I want more violence, that's a shame. Yeah.
0: It's not defensible that she wants their heads chopped off. But what is at least relatable is the indulgence of the powerful emotions.
1: Oh, yeah. Cake also derails me from sending people to get their heads cut off. That's relatable. Because towards the end, they were like, it's your unbirthday. And she's like, oh, and she just <laughs> I get food. She just needs some food. Yeah. Someone just needs to give her a cake. Maybe that's the solution. Like, if you're angry... Maybe you're just hangry. Mm -hmm. If you're angry, maybe you just need to go to Walmart, go to the bakery section, (laughs) pick up a birthday cake, put un in front of it, or ask the baker to put un in front of birthday, (laughs) take it home and eat it. And boom, you can have cake when it's not your birthday because it's your unbirthday.
0: That that's a great Which idea. It's both of
1: ours. On birthday.
0: Happy on birthday.
1: Happy on birthday. I'm gonna to start you.
0: doing that if I have a friend who's like upset or something.
1: Happy on birthday. Get them yeah. a birthday
0: cake. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. And happy on birthday to all our listeners out there, except for those who it's actually your birthday, right? Because then it's happy birthday to you.
1: Both results aren't bad. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, the takeaway though here, I think, is that like. Indulging in these powerful emotions feels good. Maybe look searching for a healthy way to indulge, like rather than chopping people's heads off, have some cake or you know, whatever it is for you. Maybe that's meditation or yoga, or maybe that's going to one of those places where you get to throw an axe at the wall. Oh, yeah, you know, whatever helps you release. Get in your car and scream or sing at the top of your lungs. Find a healthy way to let those emotions out,
1: yes. I know that this comment might be kind of shallow, but it's deep to me. I do relate to her love of the color red. It's been my favorite color since I was born. Uh, My first car was red. My wedding dress was red. I used to have a red suit. If I paint my nails any color, it's always red. I only pay attention to red clothes. Everything good or bad in my life has been red, like love, menstrual periods, um (laughs) etc like
0: for all the listeners i just want to say i'm looking at tiana on camera right now and both in her outfit and in the decor in the background of her apartment um i see uh, not a single red thing
1: (laughs) i mean i didn't say that my entire closet is red though yeah i said that i love red and i do have red things there is actually a red object right next to me right now but really? it would be too much of a hassle for me to show it to you because it's buried under a bunch of crap okay. on this desk. And this is my parents' house. I don't have a say in color of the walls. Mm.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, all right. That's fair.
1: I wear a lot of red lipstick, though, if I do wear lipstick, which is normal. I guess most people wear lipstick that's red.
0: Yeah, it's probably the most common lipstick color.
1: <laughs> Still. But I, um, I can but, confirm
0: yeah. for the listeners that I have seen you in red lipstick It has happened. So a completely different approach to empathizing with the queen, I think, is to approach the story in a more literal sense, which is that the queen is not real. She is a figment of Alice's dream imagination, which led me down sort of this line of logic of like, if she is from Alice's dream, does she represent maybe someone real or a certain type of person that Alice encounters in real life and is this maybe like a hyperbolized drama of something that she's actually experienced and i thought maybe maybe the queen sort of represents maybe like a mother figure or a nanny or someone who is maybe more aggressive than they should be this is all total speculation so like maybe that's just how a younger child sees someone who is punishing them uh, as this like ruler that you have to follow but then there's like you know how your parents say things like well some parents (laughs) say things like you're gonna get this punter you'll be grounded for a month and then you're like grounded for like a couple days Mm -hmm. (laughs) um (laughs) that could be like what this off with your head thing is it sort of represents that like that maybe rage a parent might get when you do something bad but then like once they get over it they're like they realize how cute you are and that you're their child, and they don't want anything bad to happen to you, and they kind of relinquish their punishment.
1: Yeah. I have a similar point to that, too. The Queen of Hearts is a product of Alice's imagination, mm-hmm. and she's a product of that environment of nonsense. So, of course, the Queen of Hearts is going to be nonsensical, because that is what Alice wanted to see. Uh huh. She's just a product of that environment, because at the beginning of the movie, Alice was like, oh, I really want a world where things don't make sense it's all nonsense and everything would be what it isn't and she got that and that was the queen of hearts so you can't complain about what you asked for <laughs> just a nonsensical queen of hearts so there you go
0: yeah if we want to delve even deeper down that line of thinking it's like what we do is try to apply logic to things and we're now approaching a thing that is not intended to have a lot of logic so what is even the point of what we're doing like <laughs> who cares right right if, if it's yeah. all nonsense like it doesn't matter if she's good or she's bad she's a figment of the imagination who has no real purpose then what's the point in empathizing with her what's the point in what's the point in not empathizing with her mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter right
1: i think it is kind of fun trying to make sense of something that's supposed to be nonsense because maybe every piece of nonsense deep down has some sense
0: well I, I, and maybe you know, logic is something that we've made up and we like to ascribe to things, but rather than trying to understand everything logically, maybe it's, maybe it's better to approach things with like, what can we gain out of it? How, do, how can it inform our lives? Like the, the Queen's story is nonsense, but there are things we can glean from it. Like we talked about with the emotions, but someone else might approach her and see something totally different. And, and each person can approach A character and look for things within them that relate to your own life Um, and you can use that to sort of reflect your own actions back at you and understand them in a new way or a different way or to support something that you were already doing make you feel better about yourself so maybe the the meaninglessness of it allows us to create our own meaning
1: did you take adderall today or something (laughs) like where where (laughs) How are you spitting out all these facts?
0: I would say that none of that was a fact. I just said it was sort of just stuff that was popping into my head.
1: But it's impressive. That's what I'm trying to say. You're saying impressive things.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I was hanging out with this caterpillar earlier, and he gave me this. Uh, ah. Okay. He gave me a huff of something.
1: Hookah with something in it.
0: That's not true. I I made that up. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking licorice tea. It's not true. <laughs> it's not
1: true that a caterpillar gave you some hookah. Crazy. Okay. Um. And I think even though she's nonsense, I can continue to relate to her, to the Queen of Hearts. One other thing that I saw uh, was how sometimes I think the people around you can make you a bit mad, as the English like to say, or a bit angry or irritated or frustrated by jokers around you. Because so much nonsense, right, in one place would probably mm-hmm. make you a little... Uh, nonsensical too and angry so i'd probably be a bit mad if i were in this wonderland realm as well and dealing with the beings in this wonderland realm because okay first there's a bunch of memory issues that beings somehow have in this realm the mad hatter forgets what riddle he asked after two seconds of asking it he forgets he's serving tea after he served tea the cheshire cat forgets about talking about the rabbit like five seconds after he talked to alice about the rabbit and oh and the ridiculousness of the rabbit did you catch this since the beginning of the movie the rabbit is stressed out that he's late but then he goes home first (laughs) and then he runs around different parts in different areas saying i'm late i'm late i'm late without first going to the event and the place that he's late for
0: yeah everyone kind of sucks in this film like yeah. none of them are endearing i'd like, be pissed too they tried to cook alice alive over a fire. <laughs> or they tried to burn alice alive yeah when she was like stuck in the house to get her out yeah of no regard oh, for i her. hate that
1: dodo oh that dodo gives me so many weird vibes oh i hated the dodo
0: the cheshire cat for his own enjoyment knowing that alice would get her head chopped off theoretically, Mm -hmm. messes around with the queen and and makes Alice responsible for it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in this story is obnoxious and difficult to deal with.
1: Their heads should be chopped off.
0: Yeah, well, uh... But... (laughs) I won't say that. I will say that I, I can understand <laughs> being frustrated with the people that I have to rule over being so what feels like intentionally obnoxious. And yeah. and in that sense, I, I like where you're going with this because it gives Alice a lot in common with the queen yeah. because Alice has no like time for all this nonsense either. She, right. she recognizes all along the way how ridiculous everything is and she doesn't want anything to do with it. So she is kind of like the queen in that sense that... Well, except that the queen also does participate in a lot of nonsense, but maybe you have to when you're in a nonsense world.
1: Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I'd go wild. I'd play croquet for fun and chop some people's heads off just to get through Mm -hmm. these people with... Yeah. Issues.
0: And I, I really want to say I just like how much I love the King character. For me, he was the funniest part of the film when the Queen was trying to chop off Alice's head. And he was like, can we maybe just have a, a teensy weensy little trial? Just a little <laughs> one. <laughs> He's so cute. Uh, yeah. I was wondering if there was like sort of an, an intentional sort of gender swap of the like stereotypical roles of the King and Queen Um, In a palace, if that was intentional or just sort of accidental, but it was kind of interesting. I wonder how ridiculous would we consider the queen to be? If the king was saying, chop people's heads off, would it seem as comical and ridiculous to us?
1: It probably wouldn't.
0: Right. It would maybe seem more serious and people would take it more seriously. And that's, I mean, you can paint that either way. There's definitely something to be said about the patriarchy and the... The stereotypes yeah. um, and how they play a role there. on the other hand, it's like sort of empowering to to put a female character into that role rather than presenting them as you know your stereotypical like princess who needs help that she does get to have those stereotypically masculine qualities, which is is nice
1: For sure. Yeah, I have a lot of random questions about Alice in Wonderland probably because it's so nonsensical. Number one. Where is the Queen of Clubs? Where is the Queen of Spades? Number two.
0: They're, well, they're, they're probably ruling their own palaces in other countries or territories. <laughs> I don't know what they have in Wonderland.
1: Number two. How do the Queen and King get it on when he's really small, like teeny? Like he's like a little ant. She's like towers six feet above him. Oh, Tiana, sex uh,
0: comes in all sorts of different forms. And what matters is that they're able to please each other whether or not they do that in the traditional sense or whether they found a, a way that works for them.
1: Uh-huh. And uh, is there, like, a hierarchy of cards? Like, is, like, card number two lesser than card number eight? Like, is eight, can he attend queen luncheons, and card number two is, like, a measly servant? Or are all of them measly servants?
0: I I couldn't tell you. seems too logical yeah. for the hierarchy to exist. But then again, the face cards are at the top so there definitely is some built-in chain of hierarchy within the cards
1: all right anywho i just had to get those out i don't know if i'll leave that in um but it gives me a lot of questions right because it's nonsensical I also feel like no one told the Queen of Hearts that it's okay to fail. I feel like maybe as queen, you have a lot of pressure to not fail.
0: It's sort of like an echo chamber for her. She never gets the chance to fail, so she never learns to deal with failure. And because she deals poorly with failure, everyone tries to create a world where she never has to fail, which continues to perpetuate her negative behavior
1: for sure so the lesson here is it's okay to fail stop trying to create an environment in which you don't fail because that's pretty much impossible and you'll just get angry like the queen
0: and not not only that but that failure has a benefit and and you that you should fail you should want to fail to get the the lessons (laughs) that you'll get out of it
1: i personally am very tired of failing
0: yeah but but haven't you learned so much (laughs)
1: I did, but I didn't like learning it. <laughs> or well, I I don't appreciate failing. So I'm kind of like the queen. I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate
0: Hopefully failing. at, well, yeah, I know I hate it too, but hopefully at some point we can both look back on failures and realize that they led us to better places.
1: It's true. Um, all right, are you ready for the question? Yep. So in the movie, the Cheshire cat plays a prank and puts the flamingo mallet under... The queen's dress so that she topples over when she swings the mallet and she's up upside down flashing everyone with her heart underwear which are very cute by the way uh she obviously freaks out and wants alice's head to be chopped off for the ordeal because the queen thinks alice made this happen not the cheshire cat and people were laughing at her when this happened and everyone was hee hee that's so funny obviously that made her upset and she couldn't take a joke when was a time you overreacted when someone made fun of you Or like, when was a time you couldn't take a joke about yourself?
0: Well, (laughs) I do think that I can often take a joke way too seriously, but I'm really good at not showing it. I can also joke around, but then there there are certain things that when people make a joke, like I'll laugh at, but then I'll run it over and over again in my head to be like, oh, that was just a joke. Um, But then it's like, oh, but if they made that joke, like that idea exists in their head, so like they must have thought it if they were gonna joke about it. But then it's like, oh yeah, but like I think a lot of things about other people that I don't judge them for. Um, and I'm okay with joking about with them. So maybe that's the same thing that's happening with them. And so I, I run through all these thoughts in my mind trying to analyze why they joked about that thing and whether or not they actually think poorly of me or not. Rarely do I ever let that show. To other people, but it is what's going on in my anxious mind a lot of times.
1: Do you have an example of a joke where that happened?
0: All right. here Here's an example that has not happened yet, but okay. I foresee it as a possibility happening in the future. <laughs> I went to a wedding last month and I got a little bit drunk. By a little bit. I got a lot of bit drunk the night of the wedding. Every, and everyone is really drunk. It wasn't just me. Okay, um, good. <laughs> but... And it was in Florida on the beach, and late into the night at the reception, me and one of the other people in the wedding party like stripped down to our underwear and jumped in the ocean, and someone else at the wedding took our clothes. Uh, so when we got out, we didn't have our clothes, and I I don't know what like prompted this, but for some reason like my thought was go back to the dance floor. So we were both like on the dance floor in our underwear. <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about, but I also have like some embarrassment about it, especially because I am really wondering if the photographer was still around and if there are going to be pictures. My The embarrassment for me is like, uh, like that's like, I think it is kind of funny. But what I am embarrassed about is the possibility that I made a fool of myself or, like, ruined the wedding or, like, made it bad for other people because of doing that. If there are pictures and they come out and people make fun of me for it, I foresee myself, like, constantly having that in the back of my mind. Oh, like, I shouldn't have done that. It's like, made it worse for people. And it could just be, like, that if they joke about it, which I'm sure they will if there are photos, that they just think it's funny. But I'll, I'll always mm-hmm. wonder if maybe it was also, like, disruptive and... and maybe like annoying and i shouldn't have done it
1: i feel like you're probably safe because well one everyone else was really drunk and of course i would have to ask a wedding photographer about this but i feel like most professional wedding photographers wouldn't have taken your photo just because they they have a job to do which is to like capture beautiful moments
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know if i was a photographer i'd be like we gotta capture this fun moment where these <laughs> guys are clearly having a great time, um, yeah. and they're gonna laugh about it later.
1: Do you know when the pictures come out? Not a clue. Mm. Um, you could ask uh, your, the groom or bride. Yeah, probably. What could. They think.
0: In all reality, like it's. I'm sure it's fine, mm-hmm. but in a different reality. I'm not 100% sure it's fine. And there's going to be that, there's that (laughs) nagging in the back of my mind Yeah. where if people make jokes to me about it, I'm going to wonder if they're like, if there is actually an underlying like annoyance from them that they are not being clear with me about and they're joking about Mm -hmm. it instead to avoid being direct. Yeah. So does that answer your question?
1: Oh, yeah. It also makes me think about that situation and like how you'd be able to handle that. In case it was your goal to like make sure no pictures of you came out, I don't know. It's it's an interesting tidbit.
0: <laughs> I don't really care about the photos. Yeah. It does that doesn't it doesn't bother okay. me.
1: Then post it. No.
0: What yeah. <laughs> what bothers me is if people are thinking that I was like annoying, bad, yeah. or yeah, or like overly drunk.
1: You subjected them to your chest,
0: and that the the pictures will remind them of that, <laughs> and they'll want to bring it up to me, and then I'll feel bad about it.
1: Well, I guess we won't know <laughs>
0: until later, <laughs> yeah, updates to come, um to come. but Tiana, what about you?
1: I think I'm pretty good at taking jokes about myself. Well, I've definitely gotten better at that as I've gotten older. I think as you get older, you just learn to live with your quirks and think your flaws are kind of funny. But there was a time it's kind of a small thing. As we kind of discussed in the Fight Club episode, I am kind of a klutz, which is fine, and I don't mind if people make fun of me for that. I think what happens is when I try really hard to not be a klutz, and I anticipate someone making fun of me for it, then that's when it's harder to brush it off. So um, one of my good friends, we went to this amusement park, and we had to step over a fence. It goes up to, like, my waist. You know, you kind of step over it and move on. And of course, my friend was in front of me and he stepped over it just fine. And he sometimes makes fun of me for being a klutz. And so I was about to step over this fence and I was like, okay, I can do it. Um, I just step over it. To everyone else, this is such a small thing. This is nothing. I try to step over it and then I get kind of stuck and it's in between my legs and it's like stabbing my groin. And then... <laughs> I try to get my other leg over it. And then, of course, my foot, like, hits the fence as I'm trying to drag it over. And I'm begging, please don't look back. Please don't look back. Please don't look back at me. Don't, don't, don't. Of course, he looked back at me. And of course, he, like, laughed at me. Because to him, it's not a big deal. You just step over the damn fence. But to me, I got my groin stabbed. And I felt a little bad because I think I wanted to do well. But if I don't care, then I can brush it off.
0: Yeah. So listeners, you can help Tiana out by making jokes about the fact that she couldn't get over the fence. Send them to (laughs) our inbox. (laughs) Nextdoorvillain.gmail.com.
1: Yeah. There was also another time I fell up the escalator because I thought it would be fun (laughs) to run up an escalator that was going down. But that I laugh about and I fell on my face.
0: Oh, yeah. You got to take into account that the stairs move.
1: Yeah. That was the fun part. I was like, I'm going to run up. <laughs> well, There's it's just that, like when you, when you make a step
0: where you were going to put your foot <laughs> is now empty space. But I
1: thought, thought I'd be fast enough. Um, and then I went bong. I really, yeah, I, I think I got a few cuts on my face from that.
0: Yeah, those they're sharp. They're like...
1: Uh, and I was sober. So, yeah.
0: Well, that does and, sound embarrassing. And on that note... Mm-hmm. of embarrassment
1: oh god there's you... more embarrassment coming
0: no i was just i was just gonna see if you wanted to share your poem or oh, song yeah. your song
1: yeah my poem song so it's been a while since i've done an acapella song the last time i did it was plankton so i'm just going to sing this of course this melody is just improvised so we'll see how it turns out but this is A song from the perspective of the Queen of Hearts.
0: Yes, and I will sit here and watch Tiana (laughs) acapella sing a song over FaceTime.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay, I got to get into character. I am sorry I got angry. I turned red and it suits me. My heart dress matches my face. I violently yeeted the head of the ace I am sorry I got angry I got tired of being called ugly And my undies are from Kohl's I didn't really want them exposed I am sorry I got angry I wish the king could see I'm okay But a heart as big as mine means passion In more ways than we'd like to imagine I'm sorry I got angry I wish the king could see I'm okay And the sun is shining oh so brightly But the frustration is always seeping When I think that I am losing I am sorry I got angry But the playing cards wanna play me Taking deep breaths got rather boring But I should see the harbor in the morning i am sorry i got angry 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 the end i think i feel like
0: you found the melody as as you got through it It really came together there at the end. Also, I felt that the observation that the underwear were from Kohl's was (laughs) very astute and just seemed spot on. Yeah, I do feel like those would have been at Kohl's.
1: (laughs) Right. I bet you can find them. If I find heart underwear, especially like long underwear, like what she was wearing, I'll I'll buy it.
0: Okay. (laughs) I I won't. <laughs> I, I'm very particular about the fit of my underwear. It, it could the, fit well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never That's know. true. That's true. The fabric I'm very particular about. Great. Well, um, as always, thank you for listening to Next Door Villain podcast. We are on most of the social medias. Just search for Next Door Villain, and you will probably find us. We've got an email, nextdoorvillain@gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We've got a website. Nextdoorvillain.com, Nextdoorvillain, whatever, everywhere—that's <laughs> us. Um,
1: Can also follow us on TikTok, Nextdoorvillain podcast.
0: Yep. So that's it for today's episode, and thank you for listening.
1: Go be whimsical. And off with your head. That was frightening. Thank you.